Sarah Farley Adams with you and of course we are talking travel with our expert Sally Lucas and looking at the Rhine River today, Sal. Yeah, we talk about the Danube a lot and I mean the Rhine is just as important a river of course as the Danube and with our river cruises now of course all the rivers in the world are having a plethora of vessels cruising up and down them. But like gliding down the Rhine is one comment that I was reading about this article said it's like sailing through an impressionist painting. I thought that was a lovely that way. That is a lovely way of putting of it. Of putting it. And it is very picturesque. Because you've got co- the Swiss Alps. Well, Swiss you've got Alps. Germany and you mainly Germany and the Netherlands. You're going through Germany and the Netherlands, obviously. That's where you're starting from, yeah. your start point. But it's sourced in Switzerland, the Rhine, and it flows in a northerly direction through to Germany and the Netherlands. Beautiful. So it is beautiful and it empties into the North Sea. It's about 1,230 k's in length. And, of course, there's just some some beautiful scenic little places along the route and for you to travel on a river cruise. I mean, even Amsterdam in itself, of course, is, is a lovely, lively capital of, of <laughs> My Holland. parents loved it recently. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's, it's got all the canals and the bridges and it's just made for cyclists and, you know, it's just a, a very interesting place to go to. And, of course, Cologne, which was founded by the Romans in 38 BC, or the Germans, as they say, as Cologne, which is K-O-L-N, they spell it, and it's got one of the most magnificent sort of gothic-looking cathedrals that you'll ever see. It's, it's, it's just astounding. Wow. And it's a great hi- a city for history lovers, and it's home to more than 30 museums and 100 art galleries with a range of world collections as well. So you obviously get on and off throughout all these places. Yeah, you have you time to, go, to walk, yeah. cycle, whatever. Rudersheim, now Rudersheim's lovely. It's in one of the most scenic areas of Germany's wine region. But there you can also get off and do a little hike if you want to. It's surrounded by beautiful mountains each side of the Rhine in this particular part. You see all the vineyards growing up the hillsides and it's just such a beautiful vista when you're just sitting there even just to look at it. Um, Strasbourg, now Strasbourg is a very interesting city. It's the capital of what they call the Grand Est region, which is formerly the Alsace in northeastern France, and it's well known for its German and French-inspired cuisine and being the seat of European Parliament. And all its houses have got that unusual black and white um, architecture, which is the only city in that area that's founded like that. And that would be so cool to see as well. It's so different. It is very different to the rest of France particularly. And the other starting or finishing point for many Rhine River cruises is Basel, (laughs) which is nestled on the Rhine in Switzerland's third largest town and Basel again is a beautiful city on the river very attractive destination again for art and architecture as well but yeah just some lovely things you can do along the Rhine just to explore at these beautiful places that really a lot of the smaller places particularly haven't changed all that much cities of course evolve and grow but they've all still got their old original historic centres that you can always visit. And that's so special when you get to see that anywhere when you're travelling. Uh, absolutely. And the other thing I talked about uh, today is nine, or not nine, five, I'm doing fives today, five novel bookstores across Europe. And these have been said, like, you can get some fascinating ones. One of them I have been to, which is the one in Paris, Shakespeare and Company, and it's on the left bank. And it was originally owned by an American bookseller, Sylvia Beach, who you may have heard of, and a bookstore was actually immortalised in Hemingway's memoir, a movable feast. She closed the store more than five decades ago, but it was blessed by all sorts of different authors and out there, really, you know, way out sort of people of the time who used to gather there. And it's very famous and it's still got like 
the really old rickety staircase that goes up and you can get historic books and books that are used books as well as, as new books. It's a fascinating... You could spend hours in there. I can just see people right at the top of the rickety stairs in a corner, you know, a dark yeah. corner with their books having a look through, blowing they off do. the cobwebs. And they have, the, they have a cat that's always been there for ages. His cat's curled up somewhere. You'll always find him upstairs ah. as well. <laughs> and there's another one that's called La Belle Hortense and it's a mix between a wine cellar and a bookstore and it's really very popular amongst students and philosophers because you can order a drink at the counter, grab a book and go out into the back room and have a glass of wine and read your book. That's my kind of bookstore. That's what I reckon. Madrid, you've got La Centrale and it's very different apparently. It's not your typical bookstore. It's a labyrinth of feature fun opportunities to engage in art, culture and music over coffee and tea while browsing for fun and quirky book titles. So it's a little bit different. Then the other one is Libraria Badon and it's something out of a movie they say it's a 60 year old bookstore for, uh, which is also in um, Madrid featuring wall to walls of books but the one I'd like to mention actually is one I've been to that's not in Europe it's in Buenos Aires and it's considered by National Geographic the most beautiful bookstore in the world voted this year and even back in 2008 The Guardian which is the um, historical periodical that's printed in Britain in 2000 voted the second most beautiful bookstore in the world. And you would agree with this? Absolutely. It's called El Ateneo and it was originally a theatre. So it was built as a theatre back in the late 1800s. So the theatre now, they've left all the window, the um, you know, the boxes and everything's there. So you can go into one of the old boxes oh, in the theatre. Oh, that's theater. pretty special. The stage where the tangos and that were performed, there's now a little cafe with a pianist playing. You can go and sit up there. Oh, wow. A lot of them are still written in Spanish. So you're going there mainly for a look or to get a coffee table book or something but it's got original frescoed ceilings you know it's all these uh, plush red stage curtains it's all the interior is much the same as it was it was closed for many years and then they've brought it back to its former glory so again if you're going to Buenos Aires it's a must Uh, and also to go to their theatre the Teatro Colon Theatre because it's considered some of the best acoustics in the world for opera etc so two lovely things you can do in Buenos Aires. Now Sal you're going to talk about airlines at the moment Mm -hmm. and I was just having a laugh with you off air because one of my friends has just gone to Scotland and I still can't believe that you know last night I'm on the lounge and in comes a message on on my phone here she is on the plane flying above Germany hundreds of thousands of kilometers in the air having a red wine messaging me I know I mean who would have thought that you know you could ever do that I know it's just mind-blowing isn't it it is mind-blowing and airlines can do so much now oh look everything I mean (laughs) the way it's changed you know it really has changed dramatically now this is just a guide that's come in this week and if you want to go onto a website I mean it's not just mum and dads with kids it's often grandma and granddad take the kids to Disneyland or you know it's people travel with children they're not necessarily mum and dad but there's a website called play like mum and uh, it helps determine which carriers are the most friendly family friendly amongst 20 of the world's major airlines and of course traveling with young children can be trying (laughs) so when it comes to choosing an airline with which to travel it's probably super important to pick one that can maximize the pleasure or at least minimize the pain absolutely Um, so this is a a list this has just come out um but 
sort of the things you need to look at is, you know, fees, kids' entertainment, stroller costs, etc. There's only so many if you've got a small infant uh, who is an infant, not a child, which is under two. Mm-hmm. You've got to make sure and check on their weight and length to see if they will fit into a bassinet if you request a bassinet. So these things are all important. Yeah. And, of course, you're, you're, if you're booking through a travel agent, they'll assist you with all that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, there's, this is just a list has come out of the most family-friendly airline in 2019. Now, the first one was Emirates, and it also okay. picked up the prize last year as well. But finishing just behind um, Emirates was the Gulf Airline Qatar Airways, and they were third last year, and then British Airways, and they were second last year, and then Virgin Atlantic, so they're your top four. Good news for Australian families, though. Qantas finished in fifth position. Excellent. Ahead of Singapore Airlines, yeah, that's which surprised me. Yeah. Lufthansa, Etihad, then KLM and Air France rounded out the top ten best. But at the other end of the scale, I think it was no surprise to see that a number of low-cost airlines, of course, yes. are not family-friendly no, at all. No, um, Like Jet2, FlyB, Ryanair, ranking as the least family-friendly airlines. But other factors that you need to consider in the analysis... A lot of airlines now do charge for seats. Some will offer free seats, but you might like to look at an airline where you're not paying for a seat because that can up your cost, you know. Big like, time. Um, even just like to Japan, I've got some young people going to Japan, so they're on a budget. And they've got, you know, they're going Sydney, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Tokyo, and the same in reverse, so it's four sectors. Yep. It would cost them $61 per sector just to book an economy class seat. Wow. So there's wow. $240 each. That's yes. nearly $500 of their spending money. So they said, no, we won't. We'll just cop whatever the airlines allocate us. Yes. And so it will be just assigned by the airline at their whim. Hopefully they'll sit you together, and we do usually request that in, in our bookings. We put a request in to make sure they are seated together. Right. The thing I also find, if you don't like being tucked into a window, like a lot of people like to lean on the window and say they like that, but if you don't, because you don't want people climbing over you to get in and out to go to the loo all the time, my husband and I recently have decided we'll just take an aisle seat each either side of the aisle. Oh, okay. So you're still in the same row. Together, we're only just, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that way both of us can get up, go to the loo, have a stretch, go for a walk. You know, That's so a good idea. all things like that. Just think about it. You can put these requests and you in, can, and if you put the request in, you're likely to to get it. Well, basically. sometimes again, if you're prepared to pay for it, yes. If you're not prepared to pay for it, it goes in as a request, yeah, and you won't okay. know till you check in. Yeah, okay. But it's just good for people to know that they mightn't be aware. And even nowadays, like we never had to pay for seats once upon a time. But even some airlines, believe it or not, business class where you're paying often up to three times more than an economy fare to Europe. Some of those airlines are also asking you to pay for your seat. Wow. On top of the fare that you've already paid. So my budget. They know how to make money. They certainly do. (laughs) But some good tips because, as you said, when you have kids, it can make a long trip even oh well, you want to make it. you want to make it better as well as better as it can be for as good <laughs> as it can be for you, should I say? And also remember, you can request specialty meals. You know, not just for adults, but for children as well. Like whether they are, you can bring their own food. Though you do get, if you're an infant, you do get an infant allowance for like nappies, bottles. If you want to bring your own food on board, okay. there is an allowance for that in your hand luggage as well as your Excellent. own hand luggage. So you do get that additional, even though you're not getting a seat for it. You at least are allowed to take on you know the required whatever you require for your infant for the voyage but you can also request you know food for on board as well if that's what your child prefers some really good advice there
We're talking travel. We've got our travel expert Sally Lucas here and ready to go with some pretty hot deals in the marketplace. Certainly have and we were just talking airlines so think about this one. If you've always wanted to go business class this is a good opportunity to get a business class airfare to Europe at a fairly reduced rate. Flying Malaysia Airlines and what they're doing for a limited time they're you're letting you earn what they call a 12-month Malaysia Airlines enriched gold status. So they're upright even if you've never oh. flown with them before. So, you know, you're going to get those extra perks that when you book any business suite or business class return flight. So it gives you all sorts of extra benefits with that, with priority check-ins, standby, priority baggage handling, extra baggage allowance to over, uh, access to over 600 One World lounges worldwide, wow. all sorts of things, okay? And they're part of uh, member carriers like their One World partners in Australia are Qantas and in the United Kingdom British Airways. So... Um, if you're already a member with them, though, they'll also give you 50,000 bonus miles as well to add on. It's good for frequent flights. Isn't it? So all you need to do is book a return flight before the 16th of September. I know it doesn't give you very much time. Travel before 30 July next year to be eligible for any of those awards. And fares start from under $6,000 return from Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Brisbane, And that's and quite Perth. cheap because they're normally around... Oh, eight, nine? Yeah. Yeah, right. So, you know, if you're thinking of experiencing business class maybe now's the opportunity to do so sounds uh, good to me i'd love to experience <laughs> one day one day when i don't yeah. have a family yeah when you don't have the <laughs> so kids young. yeah when it's just the two of you don't know you're not going to take I'm the not kids business waste class them. god no not unless someone else is paying for it. That's right. Um, anyway, there's some early bird super savers to Canada and Alaska at the moment. If you book and pay by 30 November, um, it's a great saving. This is a 16-day itinerary. You're getting a seven-night inside passage cruise. You're getting a three-night independent rail and coach tour through the Rockies, which is just fabulous, going to places like Jasper, Banff, Calgary. Of course, as I said, you return air travel, some time in um, uh, Vancouver as well, and 26 meals all included, return air and it's just over $6,000 all up. Excellent. Excellent deal. Now, if you want to self-drive, there's an early bird self-drive as well. It takes you up to Whistler in the Rockies. So you potter off in your own car, do your own thing, which is a nice thing to do as well. It is. Again, booked by 30 November. Now, this is a 13-day itinerary with various departures from May to September next year. Um, they include hotel accommodation throughout, your um, car hire, of course, airfares and taxes. And you can either do the itinerary between Calgary and Vancouver or vice versa. So it's very flexible. And that's from under 4200 per person and if you wanted to get across to the east coast again booked by 30 november this is doing the east coast and new york by rail so that's something got something for everyone here today absolutely coach rail self-drive <laughs> um so you're doing quebec montreal ottawa toronto niagara falls and new york so all those beautiful eastern coast cities of course with the french influence quebec a most beautiful city um and that starts for 15 days again departures may to september next year from under six thousand seven hundred dollars per person there are lots of early birds at the moment love to travel as scenic says booked by 16 december and they've got all sorts of discount on their river and ocean cruising and also their land journeys land journey sorry even with partner flights included on a range of their land journey so that's a good thing to take advantage of and you've got really right up to 16 december so that is great um mag magical portugal malta and madrid i mean the mediterranean sorry not madrid cruise 29 september next year on the celebrity in 
Infinity. You've got a veranda cabin on this, which is fantastic. Now, what they're doing with this one, you're getting two nights pre-cruise accommodation in Lisbon, ten nights on the Celebrity in, uh, Infinity from Lisbon, doing a wonderful med all around Spain and Portugal and on to Barcelona. And then after that, you're doing another cruise. So you're doing back-to-back cruises, and that goes all the way down to Valletta, Naples, Rome, fantastic ports of call. So two cruises, a 10-night, a 12-night, return airfares, two nights in Lisbon at the beginning, a night in Barcelona at the end, and that's from under $10,000. If you can't find something in that, you're not looking hard enough. And lots of early birds, as I said. Um, some finish September this year, 30 September. Some go through a little bit later, but if you are thinking of early birds, really need to start looking now because most of them do finish this month. All right. Sally Lucas, thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Lovely to be with you today. And I'll be with you again, I believe, next week for Talking Travel. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>